I would love for group piano lessons to be normalized. I don't want it to be like we have to explain ourselves all the time and convince parents, convince ourselves, convince other teachers, convince parents, you know? Um, I want it to be like sports. Guys, you put on your t-shirt and you go play, you have a good time and go home. Then if you, if you really want to do more, then you get, uh, you request private lessons because now you want to dedicate more time to it. Hi, I'm Ben Capolo, and welcome to All Keyed Up, Creative Conversations for Today's Piano Teachers. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I will be speaking with Dorla Aparicio. Dorla is a piano teacher who supports group piano teachers with organized and engaging resources that will help them offer excellent group piano classes. She believes that teaching in a group setting is one of the best ways we will keep the world of piano teaching alive during this century. Over the past three years, Dorla has created a framework in which it is possible to teach students of different ages and skills, namely students between the ages of 8 to 14 who are beginners up to early intermediate level. Dorla received her Master of Music in Piano Pedagogy from Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas, has taught early childhood music, private and group piano for more than 30 years, and until recently was an adjunct professor of music for 10 years at the University of Keene, Texas. Today, Dorla continues to work independently in her studio, where she teaches nine in-person weekly group piano classes, eight online private students, and five in-person private students. Dorla, thanks so much for joining today. Thanks for inviting me, Ben. Glad to be I'm very excited to speak with you about group lessons, not just for our listeners, but also selfishly for myself. I've been wanting to make the plunge towards offering group lessons for a few years now. Um, so today's interview is basically going to serve as kind of a how-to for teachers who are interested in starting group lessons. Before uh, we say anything, I want to plant one flag. Today, we're going to talk mostly about in-person group lessons, although a lot of what we talk about will overlap. You gave a fantastic interview on the podcast Key Ideas about online group lessons, and I don't want to necessarily replicate that interview. So if any of our listeners would like to learn about online lessons, they can feel free to check out your great um, interview on the Key Ideas podcast about that topic. So first, I'd like to discuss the business side of group piano lessons. You've clearly been able to grow your group lessons into a very successful business. And I know some of that was influenced by reading Profit First after having a negative interaction with a CPA that you describe on your website. Can you offer some thoughts on how the financial component of group lessons works and offer any tips for piano teachers on how to figure out the appropriate rate to charge for their group lessons? Mm, certainly. Um... It's interesting that you say highly successful uh, studio. To me, that means I'm able to pay, pay my bills. Uh, <laughs> but for many years, I, I wasn't really sure what, how to handle the business part of it. And um, it was only in the last uh, four years that I read Profit First, and that has helped me um, reorganize and uh, be able to use that uh, money successfully, as in not worrying about when I need to pay my taxes. Right. So um, what I always tell teachers uh, that are starting group lessons is that they need to figure out if they want to charge per minute or if they want to charge for their expertise. And I go more towards charging for my experience in teaching 
piano. So I charge the same for a 30-minute private lesson. It's the same price for a 60-minute group lesson. Okay. And so I know many teachers will say, well, if I have four students, I'm going to, in a group, I'm going to charge this much for each. And I, I can't do that because not all my classes will have the same amount of students. But I've never had any pushback because of that, ever. Um, or maybe they've, I've had parents that complain about it, but they haven't complained about it to me. So that has worked for me. I know it might not work for everybody, but each teacher needs to find out um, what will work in their community. Yeah. So to be sure I understand, when you say that your rate for 30-minute private instruction is the same as 60-minute group instruction, is that true, to be sure I understand correctly, independent of how many people are in the group lesson, like whether it's a buddy lesson or whether it's a 10-person group lesson, the rate is the same for a group lesson? Yes. And I oh, normally okay. uh, do not do uh, buddy lessons. Uh, oh, usually okay. my groups have three. Three or... I can do right now because of the uh, social distancing, I'm only doing up to five. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you do two or I mean, three or five, you know, it'll be the same. Great. Um, then one time when group lessons might be particularly helpful on this business side is over the summer, because there are many families whose initial instinct might be to discontinue lessons over the summer, which can cause a huge loss of income for piano teachers. To help with this, you offer a piano camp, and on your website, you offer a really helpful free 30-day piano camp planner and budget worksheet. Can you talk a little bit about piano camps? Yes. Yeah, so um, my main goal for piano camps is retention. Yeah. Uh, I want to keep the students uh, in lessons. I don't want them to just do nothing over the summer. But also, the parents and the students are always looking for something different in the summer. So for years, I've been doing piano camps, and um, I will do them every day for a week. Um, they'll come and be here for two or three hours. Or what I'm doing this year is we're keeping the same schedule we have now. You come only once a week, but then my piano camp is really a theme that I'm doing with my private students and with my group students in their Less, during their lesson time. So it will be something different than what we normally do in the school year. But um, it'll be just, uh, we're doing world music. Okay. So it will be very different than what we normally do. As far as like how a day at piano camp works, is it basically how group lessons work, but with a break or is there completely different type of activities? So um, I'll give you an example of musical STEM. Uh -huh. which is one of my piano camps, which is combining music, engineering, science, math. Oh, interesting. And so the students came for, I believe, two hours. And they come, we do um, an activity together, some kind of musical game. Then um, I would introduce the topic. Um, so if we're doing vibrations... I would have a video for them to learn what vibrations are. Then we would go inside the grand piano and see vibrations. Oh, cool. We had our experiment was, uh, one of them was dancing salt. So we had a, a salt on top of a drum and a speaker under it to see what different sounds would make the salt, you know, form in different 
Oh, that's so fun. So that was um, what we did. And then, of course, there's songs that we would play. But it was always would have to do with the theme yeah. that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've heard of um, connecting bananas to the computer to make a banana piano. No, I have not. What, what is this? <laughs> How do you connect bananas? <laughs> there's a little uh, device that escapes my name right now. The name... Uh, I'll, I'll come back to it and let you know. But it has uh, the connections to um, your laptop or your computer. And then the pins you put on a banana, on five bananas. So you have five notes. Okay. And you can, electricity is really what's working there. So our lesson is about electricity. And then you can play. If you ha- have a song with five notes, you can play. And <laughs> I feel very naive that I have never heard of this. Okay. <laughs> it's fun it's a lot of fun so of course if the teacher doesn't want to spend money buying this little device the lesson also talks about uh, making a new instrument with Mm -hmm. anything that you can find so you can have a box of stuff and let's make a new instrument I really appreciate what you were saying about how you have one theme that applies to all the different activities of the camp, and only one of those things is actually the repertoire that the students um, are playing, that you also have all these fun activities, like this banana activity you're describing. That, I think, imitates what real camps do. The theater that I work at, we have camps, and it's also where each camp is a theme, and every activity you do is kind of related to the theme. Um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about, okay, let's say that our listeners have decided they want to do group lessons or they want to do a piano camp. The next step is marketing. You have a very helpful blog post called Marketing Your Piano Camp that goes through some marketing strategies in a very thorough manner. If our listeners want more of a deep dive, they can go to MissDorla.com, which I'll link in the show notes, and they can read the relevant blog posts. But for now, can you give us a glimpse into how the strategy for marketing a piano camp or a group lesson might differ from the strategy for marketing private lessons? Mm-hmm. So the only thing that is different when marketing group piano lessons is that the concept of group piano lessons is new. It's like... Um, so parent education is crucial right. for the right. success of a group mm-hmm. piano program. Um, I have an infographic that I share with uh, teachers, so it will help them talk about those benefits. And four of those benefits are um, accelerated learning, positive peer pressure, increased confidence, and intellectual skills. So I, um, those are um, very common Uh, benefits of any group endeavor. But I wanted to put it that way for teachers to be able to speak to the parents in that way. And then on top of that, they can add their particular music program that they're they're doing and why it's beneficial to do that in in a group setting. Okay, so I want to pick up on this idea you said about we need to educate parents. Let's say You have a parent who's skeptical about group lessons and they, they, as you said, it's a kind of new concept. And so in their heads, it's much better to do private lessons. Mm -hmm. What do you say to parents about some of the pedagogical benefits that students experience from group lessons? Mm -hmm. So um, this happens a lot. Yeah. Just happened last week. I had calls about that. And so um, one benefit for me and my studio is that it's not an option. If you're between the ages of four and 14 and coming to my studio, private lessons is not an option. Oh, that's interesting. 
And so the private students that I have right now are those that um, started private before I restructured my program. Okay. Or that they have, I have one with learning disabilities. I have another who plays above the early intermediate level. So then they're ready for private lessons. So I explain that to the parents. Um, are you willing to supervise your child for practice 30 minutes or more every day? Um, are you ready to have your child enroll in Royal Conservatory for exams at the end of the year? Um, and, you know, I put those things before them. Are you willing to work with them to get this done? Because this is what I require for private lessons. And then I tell them in group lessons, I do not require. I only require you to show up. You come and I'm going to work with what's here. and We're going to have a good time making music. And so that is my goal for group lessons as opposed to private lessons. Well, that is such an interesting strategy that all of your students between 4 and 14, except in a few um, exceptions mm -hmm. that you mentioned, all do group lessons. I have not heard of that is an idea. That definitely must save you a ton of time. I mean, it'll allow you to have tons of students without a huge time commitment. Um, although one thing that does take some time is planning. And one, and you are, if it's fair to say, just based on browsing your website, obsessed with thorough planning. Um, you offer a group planning checklist on your website, a free sample group lesson plan that's very thorough. And I really appreciate how much of an emphasis you place, not only on what we normally think of as planning as kind of moment to moment planning, but also long-term, big picture, goal-directed planning. Can you offer some guidance to our listeners as to how they might plan for their group lessons or piano camps? Yes, yes. Um, so if you don't have a plan, you will have chaos, <laughs> especially in a group setting. You know, when we do private lessons, we can get away with, while they're playing, we're figuring out, okay, what are we going to do next? You know, if you don't want to do lesson plans. But uh, for me, planning a complete year, semester, week, and day is just extremely important for handling the daily surprises that will happen uh, with having a group of kids. Um, and uh, so I like to think of what is the purpose of a specific song? Um, how does it relate to the other songs that we are learning? And then um, how does the repertoire repeat uh, concepts uh, that we have learned before? And if I plan all of this beforehand, then my lessons have meaning and I know what it is that I'm giving my students. So if, you, if you're doing this like with a, a method book, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we can get stuck with just turning the next page. But if you use that method book and really study it and see what it is right. we're accomplishing, mm -hmm. then you know what you're doing each week. And so it's the same thing I'm doing. Um, I, for many years, I did not do that. So every week, it's like a scramble. But now I take the time and then plan everything for the whole year. So next year, when I do my plan, my plan's ba basically made. Wow. There's only a few things oh, that jealous. I have to change. Just a few things that you change, uh, you know, with the repertoire or, or dates. But really, we always have piano party every year in the same week. We always have recital the same week. And, you know. Yeah, I think that one of the mistakes I made when I first started teaching was kind of what you're describing, although I've never done group lessons, of 
um, kind of always doing the next page in the next of the method book, the next page in the theory book, the next scale, and it can be yes. kind of mindless, and you lose a sense of like, okay, but wait, what is the specific teaching objective of this? And yeah. I think what you're describing allows you to teach the group class or lesson with more of a through line, so everything is integrated rather than just kind of mindless blocks. Um, the kind of obvious, to me, the easiest way to teach a group class would be to work with one student at a time while the other students are practicing and kind of rotate. On your website, you call this, quote, mini lessons. Yes. Um, however, I was interested that you say that 90% about of your group lesson teaching is directed at the entire class. Yes. Can you talk, talk about what sorts of activities you do in your group lessons that allow you to work with everyone so that the students truly do get a group experience that doesn't just imitate to a lesser degree what they would otherwise get in a private lesson? Yes, it is very different because I have my group of students playing the same song. My classes are multi-level, so yes. we have beginners all the way to early intermediate, and we're all playing the same song. Um, so the arrangements that I use have five different levels. And so um, I, I have a look, I made like a little chart to know what I expect from each level. And so, you know, they all know what level they're on and they're welcome to do a, a one higher or lower. I will let them choose and they always choose to do higher. Um, but when I introduce the piece, a new piece, we all listen to it together. I either play uh, the highest level of the piece, which would be a pianist four, I play that out loud, or sometimes I just have it recorded on my clavinova, and I play it for them. They number the measures as they listen. They follow along with the music. So we listen at least two or three times before playing. Then uh, usually pianists three and four, they're ready to put their headphones on and sight read while I work with the younger ones if they need help. Uh, but we do not spend more than 10 minutes with headphones on. Once I'm sure that everybody knows uh, how to follow that score, then headphones come off and we play it out loud. Mm. And it, it sounds terrible and we do many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and a lot of the repertoire that you use that's written in this multi-level way that you're talking about, about level one, level two, is, if my understanding is correctly, you composed it or you offer a book called Pyramid, Piano Pyramid that helps with this. Um, can you talk a little bit about what repertoire you use for these classes yes. that allows you to teach at multiple levels? Yes, so Piano Pyramid, um, you are correct, it, but it's not a book, at least not yet. So these are oh. piano arrangements that I have okay. made for my students. So I use, um, I have some original pieces, and then I use also just classical piano repertoire, teaching repertoire that we've used. So I have um, a Vivaldi Spring Melody. I have Minuet in F by Mozart. Um, and what I do, that original piece is the highest level. So that would be your early intermediate level. Mm -hmm. And then I write the arrangements that would go under that. Do you write all the arrangements that you use in your group piano classes? I do. Wow. I do. And impressed. the reason oh no. The reason I do it is because a lot of our arrangements for several pianos have a lot of rest and a lot so it, if the student is playing it by themselves, it doesn't sound like a piece. But if you think about the primer level songs, 
I mean, they really don't sound like songs, but they only have a few little notes. Well, that's the same thing that my prep level is going to do, but it's going to be in context of a bigger piece. So if you if they play it at home on its own, it's going to sound just like a primer level piece. But when we play it together, then we just make music beautifully. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits, I think, of group piano is it allows these beginning students to play pieces that if they just played it by themselves would sound kind of mundane. But when they play it alongside the group four students behind them, now all of a sudden it sounds really exciting. But I so admire that you've done all these arrangements. So are there no other, like if you were, if um, one of our listeners wanted to create a multi-level group class, are there any other people who are doing what you're doing? Like, are, do you know any other repertoire you could suggest that's written? Or are you really a one person I've, pioneer? I have not found anyone that does exactly like I do. Um, Jennifer Eklund has. Uh, yes, she's also appeared on this podcast. Right. I did listen to that one. And um, I think she mentioned it also, the the uh, multi-level. She has three different arrangements Yes. Or songs. She has two books like that that I, I use with my students, definitely. Um, there is another teacher that has arrangements, but they're very different. Yeah. Um, they're not like mine are on a, a score, like the teacher yeah. have the whole score or the individual pieces. So I have not found anyone. Wow. Well, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. So I'll. Our listeners can get that. Thank you, too, for filling what appears to be, to some extent, a hole. Um, that's great. Do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about group piano teaching? So, yes, I would love um, I would love for group piano lessons to be normalized. I don't want it to be like we have to explain ourselves all the time and convince parents, convince ourselves, convince other teachers, convince parents, you know? Um, I want it to be like sports. Guys, you put on your t-shirt and you go play, you have a good time and go home. Right. Then if you if you really want to do more, then you get uh, you request private lessons because now you want to dedicate more time to it. Hmm. So instead of group lessons being, oh, let's have a piano party and we're going to be in a group uh, or we're just going to have a performance class. I don't want group lesson to be that. I want group lesson to be we're going to actually learn together and make music together and we have a goal and we can do technique and theory and composition together. Well, thank you too for bringing that community aspect to piano lessons. And you're so right that it's not normal. I mean, I've never heard it framed in the way of why don't we make group piano lessons the norm and then you can add individual lessons on top of that. I've actually only ever heard it the reverse. Right. And you know, um, Piano teachers, you hear them, well, not hear them, but like in Facebook groups, you can mm -hmm. read how frustrated they are with students that don't practice. Mm -hmm. And um, I would like to, to um, not have parents hear me complain about their student not practicing, mm -hmm. because that just creates friction at home. Mm -hmm. And I, I know what that friction is like. My son hated piano lessons and I was his teacher. Um, and he, well, they didn't, he didn't hate the lessons. He hates to practice. And so, you know, I don't want us to live that way. So right. if coming to piano can be so much fun and we can be involved in making music without having to have the drudgery of, I don't want to practice at home. 
Um, and if the parent understands that's what we're doing, and if they understand that if they want to go at a higher level, then it's going to require a different uh, technique to to do that, then we're going to be good. And we're all going to enjoy music. Yeah. If I can share one anecdote about your point about practicing, part of why I want to start trying group lessons myself and why I wanted to talk to you is because I have one student who we were doing private lessons for several years. And, you know, she wasn't one of the worst ones, but she was not fantastic about practicing. And there were some conversations with the parents about this. And then her school offered a piano class that Mm -hmm. she took, and that was a group piano class. And as soon as she started that group piano class, her practicing got so much better, not just of the songs that she had to play for that group class at school, but also my, like the pieces we were working on. And it was all fueled by the social component of the group class and exactly what you're describing. Uh, Finally, before we go, can you give our listeners a sense of what you're up to now and how our listeners can learn more about you and all these fantastic resources you provide that we were discussing today? Of course. So, Uh, My newest project is that in July, I'm going to offer my first online course for teachers who wish to learn to teach group piano. Um, And it's going to be very detailed how students can grow and also include the music they can use um, to offer excellent group lessons. So I know you mentioned at at the top of the podcast that I have a lot of free things on my website for for teachers to use. And I've always, um, I always think that the more that I can share of what I've experimented with, the more I can learn also with other teachers. But there are definite little details of how you do something yeah. that I think that would be perfect to put into a course for them to be able to understand how to do this in a group setting. Well, I so appreciate the work you're doing, and I think you've inspired me to definitely want to make a lot of these changes in my studio. So I I really love all these resources, and I'll link to all of them in the show notes. So thanks so much for everything you do, and thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me, Ben. This This was great. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to All Keyed Up. I'll see you next time. 